A small village of the Anen Dags was just over the mountain pass, three days' journey upriver from the big falls, and then an equal number of days' journey up the big lakes. Although there were more Anen Dags in all their scattered villages than there were longhouse people, the Anen Dag villages were often quite small, smaller than those of the longhouse people, and thus easier to raid. We should raid them, Grabber said because they have not traded fairly with us. Even though Grabber's statement was not true, Greasy Hair agreed loudly. Hang, he said. When will we make the raid on their village? asked a third person's voice. From his hiding place under the shelf of rock, Ogwali could not see that person. Grabber was sitting right in front of the cave, and his back blocked Ogwali's view of the others. But he recognized the slow, growling voice. It was eats like a bear, the biggest of all the young men in the village, and another of Grabber's three constant companions. Now, Ogwali thought, Falzalot will ask that same question if he is also here. Sure enough, the next voice to speak was that of the rather slow-thinking young man who almost always repeated the same questions asked by his friends. Yes! said the voice of Falzalot. When will we make the raid on their village? Grabber looked around. For a moment his eyes rested on the hidden entrance of the cave, and Ogwali's heart beat faster. Ogwali remembered a story that Ojitjia had told him during the winter, the story of a boy who accidentally overheard a group of two-hearted people who had made an old man sick through their bad magic. The two-hearted people did not see that boy hidden in the spruce tree, Ogwali thought. So Grabber will not see me here. He will look away. Grabber looked back toward his friends. We will make the raid while the festival to thank the strawberries is going on. While the people are dancing, we will strike the enemy. When the four young men had gone back down the hill, Ogwali came out of his cave. He was very troubled by the words they had spoken. It was true that the Anen Dogs were a different nation. It was true that they spoke a language strange to the people of the Flint Nation. But it was also true that they were now at peace. Once the Anen Dogs had been their enemies, but now the people of the Flint Nation often traded with them. Each year, after the corn harvest, People from Ogwali's village would travel to the meeting place on the other side of the big south-flowing river, Skaneda de Gahunda, the river beyond the openings. The one in particular that they liked were the fine canoes of birch bark made by the Anendags. In the old days, before meeting the Anendags, the canoes of the five nations of the Longhouse people had always been made of elm bark. The Anen Dogs taught them how to make birch bark canoes. Yet even though they knew how to make canoes of birch bark, it seemed as if the most beautiful and the finest canoes were always made by the Anen Dog people themselves. Although they would never be as close to Ogwali's people as the Four Nations, which, with his Flint Nation people, made up their great league of peace, the Anen Dogs respected the people of the Flint Nation and honored the peace. Until now, all the people of the Flint Nation had returned that respect and kept that peace. Ogwali thought he understood why those three other young men were in agreement with Grabber's plan.
they were impatient. They had not been successful in gaining the respect they thought they deserved. It seemed clear that none of them would ever be a loyane, a leader of men, or a faith-keeper. Nor was it likely that any of them would ever become a pine-tree chief, chosen to sit in council with the loyane. There was no sign that Grabber or any of the others who followed his lead were wise enough or careful enough to hold such a position of honor. So they had decided to make their names by doing great deeds in a war that no one else wanted.